0: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, everything from the Green New Deal to the Build Back Better package, aka the reconciliation package, are some of the most recent attempts by lawmakers to make a drastic change in climate policy. Uh, Both of those have been just enormous big bills stuffed with all kinds of provisions and programs. Uh, Neither has been successful as yet. In fact, as it relates to reconciliation, we're back to a framework uh, with some text that's been uh, cut and pasted over. So there are some things to go through, but there's still much uh, that is uncertain to be sure. The president tried to sell that this framework is historic and big and large. And that everyone needed to get on board. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin, as we've been reporting, uh, has said not so fast. He wants to look at that a little bit closer. But is it just the size that is the problem? Is there another way to get some of those pieces of legislation passed through both chambers of Congress and onto the president's desk? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Helping us break down, is bigger always better or is smaller the way to actually get something done? Phil Rossetti is a resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute, conducts research on energy, climate, environmental policy. Uh, Phil, thanks for joining us on a Monday. Thanks for having me. Uh, You have made the case that bigger is not necessarily better in terms of actually getting some things done as it relates to climate. Explain.
1: So I think there's been a lot of despair among climate hawks about the the removal of some of the climate provisions from this reconciliation package. Uh, They were at odds with uh, Senator Manchin's view of what uh, he wanted for his state. Uh, And a lot of people kind of view this as the end. But this is not the first time we've been down this road. In 2009, when there was uh, full Democratic control of Congress and the executive branch, uh, they even had a supermajority. They had 60 votes in the Senate. And there was a big cap-and-trade bill called waxman and Markey, uh, and that failed. Uh, it got passed in the House, and it did not get taken up in the Senate. Uh, there was a lot of controversy around it, especially around raising costs in the energy sector uh, during a recession. Uh, but when we actually look at the emissions projections from that bill, what the requirements would have been, we've basically been at or beating those targets uh, as of 2020, Part of that's the pandemic, but even without the pandemic, we still were going to be very close to it. So it kind of raises this question of if this bill was not going to get us to be anywhere better than we are today, uh, is a big bill really going to be the best opportunity? And we see that there's been a lot of smaller incremental climate policies, a lot of bipartisan efforts on innovation and uh, improving market access for new clean energy sources. And those seem to be you know, a big factor in driving emissions abatement, even without a big climate bill.
0: Yeah. And I think that's uh, such an important thing for us to keep in mind is sometimes uh, the politicians want to go big on the campaign promises uh, from the campaign trail. And then they think they've got to stuff everything into a single bill that is all or nothing. But there are a lot of these things where there is a lot of bipartisan agreement that uh, surely could pass swiftly through both chambers and get to the president's desk and actually become law.
1: Absolutely. We've seen a a big effort on trying to reform some of the energy subsidies to make sure that they're not only restricted to things like wind and solar, but they're more expansive to things like carbon capture. Uh, We've seen a lot of effort to try to improve uh, transmission build out and and trying to get more access for uh, actually deploying new clean energy sources. Uh, And a lot of the innovation stuff particularly has been uh, really bipartisan and, and fruitful as both parties kind of realize that we're not going to solve this uh, emissions challenge with only today's technology. Uh, And it's also, you know, a lot of these efforts are led by the private sector. Uh, You know, big companies know that their consumers want to have this sort of environmental conscientiousness and they want to cater to that demand. So it's not just government that is the solution for this. And when we see these big bills and this kind of attempt to do it one and done, I think it's important to always keep in mind that this is not going to be an issue like uh, health or tax reform, where you can kind of collect all the pieces and have this big bargain, uh, because climate policy, by its nature to constrain emissions, is always going to entail some sort of uh, restriction or curtailment of an activity or some sort of uh, increase in taxes to, to raise uh, costs. And as a result, you kind of have a, a much narrower window of bipartisanship and, and bargaining. So it's, it's hard to do something like that as a big one-and-done bill. Clearly, the politics have never aligned for it, and we probably should not be pursuing a very narrow window to political success. Instead, look to the things that have been at least incrementally helpful, because it seems like those are comparable in benefit to even doing these big bills.
0: Yeah. And and again, it gets back to uh, what are what are the outcomes of all of this? And and sometimes these big deals are great for fundraising. They're great for political posturing. They're great for campaign ads uh, as you get into primary season or into a general election season or a midterm. Uh, And it's interesting to me that both Democrats and Republicans, when they when they've had all the levers of the House, the Senate and the White House, uh, have gone after some big thing that, in the end, they weren't even able to do any of it, uh, and they missed a lot of that low-hanging fruit and things that could have made a difference in terms of policy.
1: I think that's the right take. It's, uh, it's certainly a real challenge to actually get you know, a full agreement even within a party, uh, and especially when we look at you know the nature of the Senate – uh, the rules are such that if you want to do something through simple majority, you have to do it through budget reconciliation. There's this provision called the Byrd Rule, which means that any policy that's pertinent to uh, you know, some sort of policy issue has to actually be done by the committee of jurisdiction. So this is what we saw as a big deal with the uh, the Clean Electricity Performance Program. That was in Senator Manchin's jurisdiction. He chairs the, the committee and the Senate side, so he was able to just – Completely take it out, uh, which is a little surprising. Actually, that the House would put something in there without first kind of talking with their Senate counterparts on what would uh, you know be amenable. So the, the intra-party uh, politics are, are very complex to navigate. Yeah,
0: very interesting. Phil Rossetti, resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute. Uh, again, his focus is on. Energy, climate, and environmental policy. Uh, Phil, thanks for weighing in today. This is going to be fascinating to see where they go next, especially with the president still over in Scotland in the middle of all of these conversations about climate. It seems like there's some simple solutions that uh, he could have scored a few wins on. We'll be interesting to see if any of that changes over the coming days. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Thanks for having me. Uh, Again, going big is not always the best approach when it comes to policy. Uh, When you get bipartisan support on things that are specific and narrow, have transparency and outcomes, you can actually make a difference and you can move things forward. Or you can sit back from 30,000 feet. You can throw verbal grenades at one another. You can weaponize all the words of your opponent. You can raise all kinds of campaign cash. But the question, especially when it comes to climate, is there's a lot of things that I think everyone agrees on. Let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start with policy and principles, not politics and politicians. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce.